This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. There are some things you can know spiritually that your mind doesn't grasp yet. And really, if you think about it, the, the whole idea of revelation, you know you've had this experience as much as I have. There are times where you read the Word of God and all of a sudden it may be a scripture you've read a thousand times. But you see something in there and it comes alive. Well, what happened? Did you just find out that scripture was there? No, you've seen it many, many times. Well, what did take place? The truth of what you knew from your heart was already there exploded into your mind. That's what revelation knowledge is. Revelation knowledge is spiritual truth that explodes in our minds. And when we see it, it's like, whoa, where did that come from? What's been there all the time? Why didn't we see it before? There was something about it we didn't comprehend. So Paul is praying that by being ruled by faith and grounded in love, we would have spiritual revelation about certain things. We may comprehend that we might comprehend with all the saints. Don't overlook that phrase, with all the saints. There's such an attitude, especially in the American church, that we don't need anybody. We can make it on our own. No, we're supposed to comprehend with all the saints. The idea that we can make it as, uh, as well or make it as successfully on our own without the fellowship of other believers is foolish. Yet that's the number one thing the devil does. The devil will try to bring offense or some, and it may be offense because of something that's done or it may be just uh, pride that he brings against somebody and wrong thinking or whatever the case is, but he tries to separate them from a group of believers. Well, once it gets you separated, then you become an easy target. Even the animal kingdom works this way. Lions and wild animals charge the herd, trying to separate one from the herd. The herd goes one way, the individual goes another way. Where does he go? He doesn't follow the herd, he follows the individual. T.L. Osborne used to say it like this. The banana that gets pulled away from the bunch is the one that gets peeled. I don't think you can do any better than that. And that's exactly his purpose. Because then you get in trouble and where do you go? The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that being let go, Paul and, and uh, uh, Peter and John, excuse me, after being threatened by the Jewish council, went to their own company. Well, if you've been pulled away and you don't have your own company, where do you go when you're in trouble? And that's the case with so many believers. They've separated themselves they become easy targets for the devil and they have nowhere to go for help and support. Paul's praying that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. What's he saying? He's saying God wants us to realize something. He's saying God wants to reveal certain things to us. What does he want to reveal to us? Well, notice the word breadth. What is the word breadth? The word breadth in the original Greek comes from a word that means storage containers or compartments. He's talking about the word. He's talking about the word. He's talking about living a balanced lifestyle according to the word. Christ dwelling in our heart by faith, rooted and grounded in love, able to see 
what are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, some people will get off on a tangent. Some people are this way with the subject of faith. Some people think that faith is the only thing that there is. They learned about faith. It changed their life. And so faith, 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 faith is it. Well, faith is one of the keys of the kingdom. But Jesus didn't say, I will give you the key of the kingdom. He said, keys. Which means we need to be just as developed in love as we are in faith. We need to be just as developed in prayer. We need to be just as developed in giving. We need to be just as developed in hospitality. We need to be just as developed in the other fruit of the Spirit as we are in our favorite little subjects. And that's the breath. When it talks about the love of God, how do you know about the love of God? Where do you find out about the love of God? Does God just separate you, your mind and your own business, walking through life in your unsaved condition, and all of a sudden God does something to show you he loves you, writes in the sky, creates a billboard just for you, and you come to realize, oh, God loves me. No, we find out through the word. So many Christians are hindered in their spiritual development because they're going only by their experience. And they've never experienced the love of God the way the Bible talks about, so they accept, well, the Bible can't really mean what it says. When in fact, the Bible means exactly what it says, and the only way you can ever understand or ever experience what the Bible refers to is gaining a knowledge of the word. You know as well as I do that so much of the church world is judging the Bible by their experience when exactly the opposite is what we ought to be doing. We ought to be judging our experience by the Bible, judging our experience by what the Word says because heaven and earth will pass away. Your experience will pass away. The Word will never fail. So we ought to stick with the eternal part of things to judge the temporal or the temporary things in life, shouldn't we? So he's praying that we would comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the storage of the Word of God, the entirety, that we need to be developed and create a balanced Christian life. Why? Because the devil's going to attack you in different areas. He knows where your weak spot is. We need to be ready. What's going to bring that about? How are we going to be ruled by faith in every area? By understanding the whole of the Word of God, the breadth of God's word and the love that he showed us by giving us the victory. The next thing that he makes mention of is the length. The word length has to do with time. We think size. We think breadth, length, depth, and height. We think size. And we can uh, imagine three dimensions, but what's a fourth dimension? We have trouble relating to it, but length has to do with time. Time meaning dispensations. It's necessary for the church the believer who's strong in the Lord to know what time he's living in, to know what's next on God's timeline. I think it's more important to know the, the, uh, what the Bible says about the last days in our day than ever before. And when you understand what the Bible says about the last days, you can judge the things that are taking place and not be moved and not be shaken like the rest of the world is. So it's important to know where you live. It's important to know where you're living on God's timeline. It's important to know where you are relative to current events and what's coming next. Now, some people, bless their hearts, no matter what you tell them, they won't accept it because they want it their way. Okay. It's still going to be the way God said it's going to be. 
But we need to comprehend those things. We need a revelation of those things. The next thing it talks about is uh, depth and height. Now, depth and height, one has to do with vertical measure. The other has to do with horizontal measure. The vertical measure, the height, has to do with your love relationship with God. The horizontal measure is the one that has to do with your love relationship with one another. So notice the four things that Paul is saying that we need to comprehend. He's saying we need to be ruled by faith to such a degree that these four things are comprehended, understood. And this is not just you and me as as special believers. He wants this understanding to the whole church. Number one, our rights and privileges according to the word of God in order that we can live a Christian, a balanced Christian life. Secondly, where we live in God's timeline. Thirdly, our love relationship with God. And fourthly, our love relationship with people. Now, can I ask you a question? If we were conquering and operating according to the word in those four areas, what do we lack? What's not taken care of if we've got those four areas covered? What's missing? Not a thing in the world. That would cover the entirety and the totality of the Christian life. And he's saying we should be ruled by faith in all of those areas. Finally, he mentions one other thing. And to know, experience the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we would experience the love of Christ. Now, why didn't he put that one first? Seems like that would be the one that we'd want to know and, and have a handle on first and foremost, isn't it? The reason he put this last is because you're not going to experience. The word no is to determine by experience. You're not going to experience the love of God unless you operate according to faith in all areas of the word. You're not going to know the love of God unless you understand where you live in God's timeline. You're not going to know the love of God and experience the love of God in your life unless you've got the right kind of love relationship with him. And you're not going to experience the love of God in your life unless you have the right kind of relationship, love relationship with other believers. See, knowing and experiencing the love of God, which so much of the church world is longing for but missing out on, the reason that they're missing out on it because they're not putting the word first in the other areas to develop. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority... In the name of Jesus, by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven, to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to MikeWeb.tv. Foothill Family Church. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. And remember, this is Paul's big picture, point of view. This is where he pulls back and looks at the church and says, this is what the church should look like. We can say it this way. This is what every believer should look like. Why? Because God wants to bring himself glory through you. You remember I, I just quoted uh, John 15, verse 7 a few minutes ago. 
talking about love dwelling in us. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8 is the one that I didn't refer to. The next verse. He said, herein, in this way, you asking what you will and it being done for you. You getting your prayers answered. You conquering the work of the devil and the temptations and the hindrances of the devil in this life. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. What is it that brings God glory? The word working in you. What is it that brings God glory? You ruling by faith over the circumstances of of life and the attacks of the enemy. What is it that brings God glory? Your words coming to pass because your words are spoken in faith. That's what gives God glory. Jesus told us. Paul just reveals it to us as the mystery that was hid from the ages. It's the same thing. God wants us to know to experience his love in every area of our life, in the area of healing. He wants us to experience his love in the area of finances and provision. He wants us to experience his love in the area of peace. He wants us to experience his love in our family relationships. He wants us to experience his love on our jobs. He wants us to win in every way to such a degree that we are overwhelmed with his love because we put the word word to work and put it first place in our lives. And that's what glorifies God. Now think about how the church approaches this. The church tries to come up with ways that we can glorify God. Let's come up with some kind of church program that will glorify God. The church program that's supposed to glorify God is you being ruled by faith. There's already a church program in place to take care of it. It's called the word of God being put in practice by the believer. That's why it's so important Over and over and over again that the scripture tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because that's what brings God glory. Do you realize that it honors God when you act according to his word in spite of circumstances? That honors God. We want God to honor us by making his power manifest in our lives. Well, how does that come about as a result of you honoring God by putting his word first place? That's how you access his power and his goodness. And that you would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Which passes knowledge. What's he saying? He's saying we'll experience things that our minds won't even be able to accept or take hold of. We'll experience the love of God and our mind will say, wow, who knew it went that far? In other words, he's talking about you experiencing a relationship with God and experiencing results from God in a greater way that you're able to think. God's always going to be bigger than what you think. And Paul expands on that a few verses down the way to talk about how big God is. Notice what he says. He says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled. Everybody say filled. This literally from the Greek means filled to the full. No room for anything else that you might be filled with the goodness of God or the fullness of God, excuse me, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? What is the fullness of God? 
The word itself in the Greek means completion. But what does it mean to be filled with the fullness of God? That means there's no room for anything else. That means you're so full, one more drop would spill over. Now, what is the fullness of God? How much is God's fullness? There's no way for us to comprehend that. There's no way for us to even understand it. There's no way for us to even think to the to the uh, to stretch our minds to think to the limits of how big God is. The Bible says you can be filled with the fullness of God. That doesn't mean you've got all of God inside you. That means all of you is filled with God. There's always going to be more of God than we can get in us, but it means we can everything that is in us can be Him that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Notice what it is, what it is, what causes us to be filled with all the fullness of God, knowing the love of God. Experiencing the love of God causes us to be filled with his fullness. Verse 20, now unto him. Here's Paul wrapping it up. Paul has just prayed that the church, God's picture, the Holy Ghost-inspired picture of the church is the believer, the individual believer, ruled by faith, accessing the power of God to defeat every work of the enemy in every area of his life. So that everything in us is God, so that we're equipped with God's power and God's goodness to handle every situation no matter what happens. And the result is we glorify him. If we could ever get our head around the fact that God wins or God is glorified when we win, I think we'd pursue winning a lot more. God's not glorified when you lose. God's not glorified by you trying to make excuses for, well, we don't understand why these things happen. God's glorified by you being the victor. God's glorified by your victory. What does the Bible say our victory is caused by? John wrote to the church and said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It's all the same thing, folks. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Paul does the same thing he's done before in Ephesians, and that is he starts stacking on superlatives. Exceeding abundantly does not exist in the Greek language. Paul takes words that mean super much and he stacks them up on top of each other. It's unknown in any other Greek writings of the day. Well, why does he do it? Because he wants us to understand that when you start talking about God, it's unlike and way beyond anything that anybody would normally use language to describe. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly, so far beyond anything that we think ask or think that nobody's ever even imagined it. Now, why does he tell us this? Because he wants us to know what power is available to us when we walk by faith. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, folks, if he just said ask, that's a lot. But then again, you've got some people that won't ask for much because they don't expect much. But once he adds that next couple of words, or think, he's got everybody. He's saying God is able to do super, super, super 
much more than anything you could ever even think. Not just what you ask. Super much more than you could ever even think. Sounds like a lot. If that's true, how big a problem is the devil really going to be? How hard is it for you to think of victory over the devil in every area of your life? You can make that thought in less than a second. I win. Nice thought. God's able to do way, 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 much more than that. But how? Yeah, that's what we want, Pastor Mike. We want him to do it. How's he going to do it? Notice the last phrase. According or by the power that works in us. By the power that works in us. How do you access the power that works in us? Faith. Faith is the only way that you can access that power that works in you. God is able to do more than you can ever ask, more than you can ever think or imagine by the power that's already in you. In other words, there is no limit to faith. There is no limit to what faith will produce. There is no limit to what faith will produce. And people start getting starry-eyed to say, well, you mean... I could believe for a hundred million dollars? Yeah. You mean I could believe for a trillion dollars? Yeah, if you could believe for it. You mean I could believe for God to give me 10 million oil wells? You could have faith for it, yeah. And it would produce. There is no limit if the Holy Ghost is telling us the truth. There is no limit to what faith will produce. None. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I was thinking about this. Doesn't matter what you thought of. God's bigger. Yeah, but I was thinking about something that's never been done before. The Bible says you can have that through faith by the power that works in you. Folks, Jesus really meant it when he said nothing is impossible to him that believes. I mean, he really, 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 really meant it. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. Now, what's going to be the result of all of these things, this faith working in us and conquering the work of the enemy in our lives? Notice verse 21. Unto him be glory. Unto him be glory. In other words, the end result of all this faith bringing all this power to bear in our lives so that we win in every aspect of our lives glorifies God. Unto him be glory. Through the operation of your faith, through the operation of the faith of the believer, simply believing in and acting on his word, unto him be glory in the church through the believers in the church, by or through Christ Jesus, for how long? Throughout all ages. Throughout all ages. World without end. Folks, you need to understand something. We're so earthly conscious and earthly focused in our thinking. We, we make a place for heaven in our 
thoughts and in our expectations. But our, even our thoughts of heaven are earth-related. For example, here's what I mean. We seem to have a, a, a tendency to think about things in terms of earthly results, believing God for results, believing God to get answers, believing God for victories here on the earth. And then after this earth is over, we just kind of float, we just kind of relax, and it's like we go to heaven. But what do you do once you get there? See, that's kind of the end of all things for us because we're so earthly focused. It's like earth is the real important things until we get to heaven, and then once we get to heaven, we just coast for eternity. You think God is the kind of God that doesn't have something planned for you once you get there? A lot of people are going to be surprised that heaven has something to do. That when they get there, there's really going to be something to do. A lot of the church is going to be surprised that there are ages yet to come. But the Bible tells us so. This last verse, verse 21, says that the operation of your faith, that the operation of your faith here on the earth will bring glory to God throughout untold ages for all of eternity. That might not be good news for people that don't know how to walk by faith. What are they going to have to glorify God for all eternity? How is faith going to work in heaven like it does here? There's no devil there. There's no resistance there. There's no natural circumstance to believe in contradiction to. This is the time for faith to operate. This is the time to glorify God through the results of your faith. This is the place for Christ to dwell in your heart by faith. And to be rooted and grounded in love. Now once you get to heaven. What are we going to do? Have a school in heaven to learn how to believe God there? That doesn't make sense. This is the only realm that we know of. And that's ever even spoken to us about. That's going to have the resistance. Or the opportunity to utilize your faith. Right here. Right now. The only time that you're ever going to have the opportunity. To defeat the devil. Is right here and right now. And it's the defeat of the devil that Jesus came to accomplish to fulfill God's eternal purpose before the world was ever created to glorify himself through you. May I make a suggestion? Put nothing the devil beat you up here. Whatever it takes, whatever effort you have to expend, find the truth of the word of God and start believing it so that you can gain a victory over him. One victory at a time area by area but victories over the devil so that you'll have something to glorify God with throughout the ages that's the eternal purpose of God for his people unto him be glory the only way you can glorify God is defeating the devil and that's God's eternal purpose for you The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in you. What is he doing in there? He's there to strengthen you. He's there to help you. Rely on the help of the Holy Ghost in everything that you do. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
The last principle he mentions is forbearance. Forbearance is a real interesting word in the Greek because it means to stand your ground. It means to stand your ground. And notice what he said. He said these four principles with humility, meekness, long-suffering, patience. And the last one he says forbearance, standing your ground in love. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.